Alrighty, welcome back to another edition of the Queen City Roundup podcast, where we talk about all things Toronto sports. We are going to be talking with our good pal Michael Singh today. Mike, thanks for joining us. Mike also is a managing editor at the uh, WalkingTheRed.com. Uh, he covers TFC, Canadian soccer, and things of that nature. So, Mike, thanks for for taking your time to talk to us fools about soccer. <laughs> of course, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a common mistake, and I'm, don't don't feel bad about it whatsoever. But it's waking the red. Waking. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I mean, it's all good. It's, on, it happens on, all the uh, time. The yeah, on the notorious joke that we have, like between myself and Joey, is that I always mess things up. I have to mess up one thing on the show every episode. So I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad that I got get that out of the way. Up. <laughs> exactly yeah like I, i'm sticking to my my guns here um so yeah we're gonna talk about some tfc um considering they're basically the only toronto-based team that's still running at this point because everyone is either finished or not starting because of covid going on but uh, i guess we could talk about the connecticut fc because uh tfc has been playing in connecticut um, first and foremost, uh, let's just get this out of the way. Do you think that this TFC team is better than the TFC teams that have won MLS championships in years past? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's only one comparison there, and that's the 2017 team. Um, and, you know, that that's so tough to say just because these teams are so different. And what this 2020 Toronto FC team has gone through is so unique and you know might not ever happen again so in just that aspect just the trials and tribulations they've had to endure and go through off the field um to, you know get to the point that where they are now uh, that on its own is is a bigger success story than uh 2017 that being said i still think the 2017 personally speaking i think the 2017 team is is better than you know it could be the best mls team of all time uh, that we're talking about so I, I wouldn't go quite that far yet but they they did put themselves into that realm of discussion for sure yeah absolutely um do we want to talk about ayoaki nola and how he is well yeah i was just gonna out? i was just gonna speak to that like one thing i find with this year's Toronto FC team is like, you know, the 2017, uh, the 2017 uh, team that won the MLS championship, you know, had like their stars had, they had Jovinko, they had, um, well, a healthier Josie Altador, um, and like a bunch of players like that. This team here, Josie Altador hasn't really been that the healthiest. So he's been, he's missed a lot of time, but then like you see other players keep stepping up like one this year, obviously is Ayo Akinola. So, Right. I don't know, Michael. Do you want to just like speak to him and like the impact that he's made so far this year to any listeners that may not have known? Right. No. Yeah. You make a good point there in your your preface and just saying that Toronto C in twenty seventeen that they were kind of star studded and they kind of relied on the shoulders of their stars and that's mainly Sebastian Javinko, uh, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, and even Victor Vasquez, who's no longer with the club. Um, this season, you know, it, it's been more of a team environment. It's gone to the point where TFC, the biggest question mark, 
in the past has been, can they get past that era? Can they get past the Seba, Josie, Michael Bradley era? And I think this year has kind of proven that they can just based on the amount of different names that have stepped up. And you, you mentioned Io Akinola off the bat. Um, great, great story. We'll talk about him a little bit. But there's also like three, four, five other names I can give you, like Richie Larea, um, the, the reemergence of Jonathan Osorio again in the midfield. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Achara, who went down before the season, or not before the season, but it went down like during the right before they're getting ready for the MLS's back tournament, he was out for the season and he was such a great story building up to that tournament. So um, I think a lot of credit just circling back to, to IO there, a lot of credit has to do with has to be given to Greg Vanny and sort of the system that he's been able to implement here. You know, he's, it, it's a system of success where players are easily able to be plugged in and find success because they know what they're doing. They know what's being asked of them. And a lot of credit of that has to go to the coach. Um, and then finally, just let's talk about Io because his his story has been magnificent. He's a twenty year old kid from he grew up in Brampton. He was actually born uh, in Michigan, so he kind of has a decision to make whether to choose to represent the U.S. internationally or Canada internationally going forward. Um, so his emergence this year has been has been because of Josie Altador's absence, and he's taken it by storm. And that this 20 year old kid from again Brampton, Ontario, I'll say that because I really think he's kind of leaning towards choosing Canada. Um, mm-hmm. It's special. It's special, and yep. you know it's going to be it's a it's it's a, it's a testament to Canada soccer and how far they've come in their development. And, and you know we're going to see Io Akinola is one name, but we're going to see a bunch more come through as well. Well, so I guess speaking. Oh, no, you can go so ahead. Speaking of, uh, of big of big names, um, you know, being in Toronto, you hear the names of, like, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Kyle Lowry, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. even, and, like, Bobish Head and all those young young pieces on the Toronto Blue Jays. For sure. Where does someone like, um, like uh, Pozuelo go into that? Where should he be? Should he be right up there with those uh, Toronto sports stars? Because... I feel like he's someone who def- who's definitely not getting the recognition that he deserves. Absolutely. Paz is a, he's an MVP candidate, and I don't think there's many other Toronto sports teams that have that. If you can, you know, when you want to think back to the Raptors, they don't really have their well-rounded team. They don't really have an MVP candidate. You want to talk about the Leafs? Uh, <laughs> they definitely don't have an MVP candidate right oh, now. Oh, you, you can talk about um, the Leafs for sure. <laughs> the, the Jays. The Jays don't have an MVP candidate. Um, like... It's it's really special what he's he's doing, and I think a lot of it is, is overshadowed by the fact you know he is playing in MLS and it is for Toronto. See, it might not be the biggest market in Toronto, but with the 2026 World Cup coming, I'm telling you the sport is going to grow. And I think that yeah, we should give Paz some more recognition because he's doing something special here in Toronto. People should take notice. I guess another thing that we can talk about, like you mentioned, of course, like uh, Ao Akinola coming from Brampton and and the huge plethora of Canadian talent that we've seen on this roster from, you know, the Jonathan Osorios, you know, Julian Dunn's been a nice story. Uh, Jaquiel Marshall-Ruti, the youngest player, I believe, in MLS history, uh, also a Brampton. In Toronto uh, FC. Oh, Toronto FC history. Yeah, all good, all good. Um, But yeah, he's 16 years old, making his uh, his debut with the club is pretty spectacular. with this in mind, especially when you look at all of the the soccer programs from you know Ontario Soccer, 
uh, before we started recording, you mentioned you know the K- uh, the Canadian Premier League. Um, how much of an impact or how much of a growth do you think we're going to see in soccer? You know, pandemic aside, within the next couple of years, because I think it's growing very rapidly, almost at the same rate as as basketball is in, in Canada. Right. Um, yeah. Like I said, the 2026 World Cup is coming, and I just think this thing's going to explode. We see overseas what Alfonso Davies is doing. He's breaking ground with Bayern Munich. He's one of the UEFA champions, the first Canadian men's national team player to ever lift the trophy. That's groundbreaking. And there are kids right now that are growing up watching that and aspiring that and thinking, hey, hold on, if he can actually do this, so can I. Um, and I can't tell you the effect that has on them. I can't tell you the effect that has on these teenagers that are watching Alfonso Davies coming through because they, they're thinking they're next. You look, Alfonso Davies came from the MLS. You have kids right now. You talk about Jaquille Marcel Ruti. I can tell you he's had European interest for some of the largest clubs. And they're on his radar. And I think teams now overseas, some of the biggest clubs, I'm talking Barcelona, I'm talking Real Madrid, I'm talking, you know, the Manchester United's of the world. Those guys are all looking at these Canadian kids coming through and you're going to start seeing a lot more kids make that jump overseas. Um, now we mentioned Jaquil again. He, he wants to take that Alfonso Davies route. These are kids who want to go to Europe. And now we're going to start seeing a bunch more Canadian talent come through the European ranks, which just means soccer in Canada is just going to get more competitive and the national team is going to get more competitive. It's just a trickle-down effect. And I just think we're really at the tip of the iceberg for that, and I'm really excited for uh, where this can go. For sure. It's exciting, exciting stuff. Like, I can speak to it personally. Like, I really only, when it came to soccer, followed the MLS just because Toronto FC. I followed the Italian League here and there, but now that, like, Alfonso Davies was like was one of the stars of like of Bayern Munich. I've become like a, I've become more invested into like European soccer and stuff. Like I bought a Alfonso Davies jersey and I didn't own, right? own any soccer <laughs> jerseys before that. So like yeah, like it, it's crazy like the impact that 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 just one person can have on the sport. And like you mentioned, the fact that like the 2026 World Cup is coming, like it's gonna pop off. Uh huh. For sure, and the, the fact that we have global icons that are relatable, it's it just, in my lifetime, I didn't think that I'd ever see a Canadian men's national team player play a key role in a UEFA Champions League final. That just was not in the question for me. Like, when I grew up playing here, my only really option was, was going to university in the States to, to make it. And now just thinking about all the different routes that these kids can take, and we, we talked about, we let's talk about the Canadian Premier League and had just how much that's growing on its own too. And it's just, it's so cool. I think I saw this morning, they're going to be in football manager 21. And that like, that's, that's a game oh, that I wow. play, played growing up. Yeah. The Canadian Premier League is going to be in that game. Um, that's just, that's wild to think about. And just the, the data that's coming through this, that's just because people are watching, people are caring. And again, it's just the tip of the iceberg where I think this is going to go. For sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously TFC was the um, the top team in MLS for a long time. Obviously, that has now passed because of the Philadelphia Union beating TFC pretty convincingly in their last game. Right. Uh, but not only did uh, TFC lose uh, the game by a pretty large margin, they also lose one of their most consistent players in Pablo Piatti. If he goes down long term, especially when you get to, you know, kind of in the postseason— how big is his presence going to be missed? 
Yeah, Pablo, what his his effect on the field is very evident. He links up really well with Pozuelo, and he is the team's best option at wing. Um, I know you kind of mentioned there the the five nothing. Um, I just want to preface that with stating that they were missing Pablo. They're missing arguably their best central midfielder this season and Jonathan Azario. They were missing their best center back this season in Chris Mavinga. And they were also missing their two best striker options in Io Akinola and Josie Altidore. So I, I would I, it, obviously 5 nothing's not pretty, but again, I would take that with a grain of salt because TFC also did beat the same Philadelphia Union team earlier this month. Um, so it, it, it isn't the end of the world in, in the sense that they did lose the match in that fashion. But it obviously it wasn't the fashion they wanted to lose that in. If um, now I spoke to Vanny yesterday, and Vanny said that Piatti is they're they're trying to get Piatti back for the last game of the regular season, but it could be just a playoff thing, meaning he could be out for the rest of the MLS regular season, so the next three three games. Obviously, that's going to be um, a huge blow because he is their best winger. But the important thing is getting him healthy for the playoffs, and as long as he's healthy healthy for the playoffs, I think they'll be all right. And yeah, like I said, that's the important thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Joe, you want to chime in with a question that you have? Uh, yeah, I just um, want to speak to the the whole controversy that was happening with the um, the, the supporter shield there. <laughs> I know that for a second that they weren't going to award it, but because of public pressure, uh, they they're gonna end up rewarding it this season. So like, what was that all about? That that's something I didn't really understand. For sure. And so, just so I guess all our listeners know, the supporter shield is the trophy that's awarded to the the team that finished with the most points in the regular season. In soccer, it's it's pretty common, you know, to celebrate yourself winning the league. It, playoff style is kind of a North American kind of base thing. Um, so. Keeping with that soccer tradition, the supporter shield was, you know, brought into place. I think it was in 1999. Um, since then, they've been handing out the shield every single year uh, to the to the winner. But for whatever reason, there's the collective few. I think it was five people, and they just they got together and they decided that 2020 is not worthy of having, you know, a, a legitimate winner. There's not a legitimate winner in 2020 because. I think they cited that the schedule was uneven. Um, they weren't sure if everyone's going to play all their games, so-and-so. But, yeah, like you said, the public pressure got to them really quickly, and they they backtracked there, and they, you know, some players spoke out. Michael Bradley spoke out. Greg Vanny spoke out. Um, he had a funny comment saying that they were just going to go find a man uh, a manhole cover on the, on the street, paint that, and just lift <laughs> that over their heads because they, they were going to lift a trophy regardless if the supporter shield uh, mm-hmm. foundation wanted them to or not. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, it was a mess that just could have been so avoidable, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think the Supporters Shield Foundation did achieve their goal and it was getting more people to talk about them because I, I don't know, maybe it was a self-righteous reason, but they just wanted more people to know about the history of the shield and what it meant and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. I just, it just got turned into a, a bad, bad, bad PR mess. Yeah. So, um, if I'm. But if I remember correctly, the supporter shield, the winner of that gets an automatic spot into the, the CONCACAF Champions League. Is that if, correct? If you're an American team, that's correct. If you're a Canadian oh, yeah. team, you actually don't get that spot. Oh, because oh. then the Canadian with the Canadian championship and all exactly. that, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
that's always been a okay, little so. yeah it's always been a controversial topic and i think i think that's going to change in the coming years where the if a canadian team does win the sword shield they will get that um spot well, but just because it's a u.s-based spot that that's why but yeah go ahead yeah well i was just saying because i guess in 2017 then well toronto fc did win the canadian championship too but is it also only for an american team if they win the uh if they win the mls cup so yeah you don't get a you actually don't get a champions league spot if you win the mls cup um but you do get that champion spot if you win the canadian championship and the okay. americans have a uh have their own kind of american-based yeah, tournament that's kind the of US the US Open yeah cup, exactly right? exactly mm-hmm. and so if their team wins that they'll qualify for the champions league um you know, I, now that we're on the kind of the topic of Champions League, what I will say is a lot of Toronto FC fans, that's kind of the ultimate goal for them because they've tasted everything else already. They've tasted the treble. They've tasted, you know, winning the Canadian Championship a bunch of times. They've tasted, you know, winning the MLS Cup. They've tasted winning that Supporters' Shield. What they haven't tasted yet is is getting to that. that You're Champions so close. League. Yeah, they were so close back into, and that that's the part that stings the most, I think, in most TFC fans' minds, is just how close they were. And the mm-hmm. fact that no MLS team has even come nearly as close as what Toronto FC did in that 2018 run, that was, that, yeah, again, it, it's it's what they want. It's definitely what they're they're pushing for here. Yeah, yeah. so we, so earlier we did mention the, the Canadian uh, Premier League and all that. I just uh, if you want to speak to like the growth of it so far, it's only in its uh, second season of mm-hmm. of actual games being played. Just, just yeah, like if, um, a yeah, lot like, of people I know of aren't really too aware of it. So if, you, sure. if you'd like to speak on that for sure, I gotta give a shout out to them uh, first of all. So mm-hmm. the Canadian Premier, like you said, is in its second season, and who would have thought that we would have been able to put in a, a season in, in this pandemic, because you look at the Canadian football league and look what they did. They had to, they had to shut down. They they couldn't carry on their season. So the fact that the Canadian Premier League, even though it's in its second year, was still able to, you know, put together a bubble in Prince Edward Island and, you know, have a, a great, great tournament that really showcased a lot of up and coming you know Canadian talent I thought that was I thought that was fantastic so shout out to them in terms of the league itself I kind of touched on it earlier when I was growing up there wasn't a path to make it professional um and now there is because these kids now are going directly from the Canadian Premier League they're not going to MLS they're going from the Canadian Premier League and they're going overseas that that just tells you where Canada soccer is at because there's not enough you know MLS clubs that are that have all the talent anymore it's 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 spread out now and it's it's great to see how much soccer is growing and it's get it it's real because there are these small communities all over canada and they have some of the most passionate fans and I, I'll, I'll tell you straight up is clean Premier league fans could be more passionate than some toronto fc fans just because how die hard they are and it, it's so cool to see and I, I again tip of the iceberg i keep saying that but i really really believe that this is just the beginning yeah i've been uh Wanting to make it to a York Nine FC game. I live in I live in Vaughan, so you know not not too far at all to get to York, oh, York yeah. University there. And yeah. yeah, just from like what I've seen, you know, on social media and stuff, they got that supporter section and it's popping. Yeah, I yeah. I caught one of their games and you know the field's really nice. I think they're doing some renovations to it this year and the field's really nice and it's just it's a great great pastime and I would highly recommend anyone go check out a game because it it's good quality soccer. 
Yeah, and we saw, of course, obviously it didn't go as much as planned that the, uh, the CPL did with uh, expanding to Ottawa with Atletico uh, Ottawa, and uh, which would have been great because that would have been the highest uh, seated capa- uh, arena that they could use or stadium that they could use for uh, CPL. I'm, obviously, we're not sure if they would sell it out, but it's a huge step to see that they would go to a market like Ottawa and go into a big area, which is like TD play stadium is, you know, home of the, of the red blacks and other, you know, outdoor teams in Ottawa. Do you think that there's chance that we're going to see more expansion in the CPL? Obviously once we kind of get over the humps of the pandemic and we sort of return to kind of a normalcy. Absolutely. And I think there's, there's talks of it right now, even I don't, I don't know if it'll happen next year, but even potentially the year after that, um, you mentioned Ottawa there. L- look at who the ownership group of that that team is. That's Atletico Madrid, and that's one of the biggest teams in La Liga, one of the biggest you know soccer giants in the world. And they're now investing in Canada. That just that it, it couldn't be any more clear where you know that this is heading because there's Atletico Madrid's obviously trying to get ahead of the curve, and I'm hearing like rumors of you know some German teams potentially being in the mix to, to get another uh, Canadian Premier League expansion side. Like, this is legitimate traction that's happening uh, on the world football stage, and it's just great to see that Canada's right at the epicenter of it. For sure, yeah. Like, I, we actually, in, in our, our sport management program, uh, we actually did a little bit of a, kind of like an in-class case study on the, uh, on Athletical Ottawa, which was a really great thing because, you know, considering the CPL basically opened up in, in 2019, like, you know, it was still very new. You know, we had to, you know, see how it would do in its inaugural season. Obviously, it was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we kind of dug deeper. And one of our, our assignments, I believe, if I remember correctly, which is 50-50 at this point because my memory's fairly questionable, especially during this time. Um, but I believe one of the things that we talked about was, like, how, you know, can this be a valid market to expand to? And a majority of us came to the conclusion that like, yeah, it's, it's going to expand that way. Uh, and we were talking about how like, you know, the CPL and like, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had um, a guest for uh, uh, the CEBL uh, talking about how big both leagues, despite being new, have had such an impact in, you know, the Canadian markets and Canadian exposure you know, it's almost getting to the point where it's like, is Canada, is Canada, are Canadian sports, especially in areas like soccer and basketball, starting to overpower the kind of hockey archetype that we're seeing in, you know, not just in Ontario, but like, you know, if you were to go out west to like Alberta or BC, you know, and kind of tap into those markets, do you think that is being the case? Or do you think that, you know, hockey is still predominantly, you know, the number one sport? for you know kids to enroll in yeah i I think enrollment wise it's definitely not hockey anymore um for a list of reasons and one oh yeah oh we could we could go on and on about that yeah yeah like being dragged in the mud this year alone for sure there's a long list of reasons why uh why hockey wouldn't be the first and in my opinion at least and you know one of the main reasons of course is accessibility how many kids are able to do it how many kids can afford to do it how many kids you know are given the chance to do it i think 
a lot more kids are given the chance to play soccer nowadays growing up than they are given given hockey and just being able to afford equipment on its own. Um, with that being said, what I will say in is that <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a diehard Leafs fan. I grew up a diehard Leafs fan. There's nothing more that I want to see than the Toronto Maple Leafs win win a Stanley Cup. I you know I grew up playing soccer. That was my number one sport playing, but. It, it's engraved in me, man. Like I, I, I would, I'm a, like I said, I'm a diehard Leafs fan, and there's nothing more that I would want to see to see the Leafs win a cup. So maybe the next generation, maybe they're gonna grow up and they're gonna be wanting to see that Toronto FC win that MLS Cup. But I don't know, man. That's that's a that's a tough question. That's a tough question to wrap your head around because you then you think about some of the smaller remote communities in, like you said, in Saskatchewan. There, for example, what are they thinking? And, and you know, Saskatchewan's probably crazy about their hockey. So is is hockey really going to go anywhere? It's, it's Canada's national winter sport. So uh, that's a tough fight. It's a tough fight. But it, what what's great to to hear though now is that we're having these sort of discussions because ten years ago is that we wouldn't be able to have this discussion about whether or not hockey and soccer and basketball are all on the same kind of page in terms of people playing it. Um, and maybe that just, what what I just said about my sort of ideology there, maybe that's just representative of the time that I grew up in. And again, maybe the next generation now is going to grow up wanting to be the next NBA champion or is going to grow up wanting to be the next UEFA Champions League winner. Um, it may not, may not be the next Stanley Cup winner. So again, just a testament to the times and, and where we're at and maybe where we're heading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've been watching just because, like, you know, we're seeing, like, the the, the dropout rate, especially at, at youth sport, being very high. And, and hockey, I believe, is at the top of that list. And it's just because of, you know, the demand that hockey has and, of course, the, uh, the amount of, you know, expenses that it would cost for, for a family to enroll their, you know, their child into programs like that. So it's really... You know, like you said, like our generation is starting to see more and more programs being developed for kids to be like, hey, you could go out and play soccer, not just recreationally, but you could try and play competitively. And then you can open that door to playing in North America or going in Europe, like you said, like there's so many uh-huh. avenues in, in, in Europe. And that's personally like like me and Joey, we, we talk about this all the time about how uh, Canadian sport is growing so much in, in this nature uh, and it's really, you know, heartwarming to see just because if we were to go back, I don't know, like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, you know, when, you know, the the beginning of the 2010s, like, it was still a predominantly a hockey town. And then, like, you know, the Raptors weren't really picking up because it was post, uh, it was post Vince Carter and, 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 uh, uh-huh. let's see, and Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch. And then, you CD4. know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, TFC still was not picking up as no- enough traction as it, as it is right now. Uh, uh-huh. And it's re- it's really positive because, like, even, you know, uh, the NLL, uh, the National Lacrosse League, uh, is something that I think could really pick up some traction in uh, in certain markets in Canada. Because I, back, sure. in Febu- back in February, when, you know, we were allowed to, we were allowed to do things, basically, uh, you know, I went to uh, to a Toronto Rock game, and it it was wild. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to see more people, you know, taking up lacrosse because I believe this is obviously you know off the top of my head here, but it's a cheaper sport to be involved in than hockey, right? I think so because it's you know they don't have to spend money on. Imagine. Skate. 
yeah, because you don't spend money on skates, and there's not that much of a, a demand for for lacrosse than there is uh, than there is hockey. So I, I'm really wondering if you were to pick any sport aside from you know a few that we mentioned right now that you would want to see personally grow in Canada. Maybe not so much to like going overseas and getting some like European traction, but like mm-hmm. what what specific sport? It could be any sport in the world. And esports counts. Joey, don't even argue with me on that. <laughs> Which, <laughs> if you were to pick like any like sport, whether it's recreate, like which one do you think would be like the one where you'd be like, hmm, I'd be interested in you know seeing that at a highly competitive level. Right. No, I'm happy you asked that. Esports was 100% my answer, just because that's also what I also work in. Um, so I I cover Raptors Uprising, which is actually the Toronto Raptors professional NBA 2K League team. Um, so for those of you who don't know, and I'm not sure if you guys even know this, is NBA 2K has its own league. And oh yeah, it's, I'm aware. It's it's a simulation league, just like yeah, just like it. you would have in. Uh, in real life, so there's every NBA 2K, every NBA franchise is trying to get into this league. I think they have they're up to maybe 26 teams now, um, and the Raptors, their team, they set the record last year. They went undefeated the entire year, 16 and 0. Um, they fell short, and they actually they actually fell short in the playoffs, and they lost their their semifinal matchup, so they didn't go on to win the championship. But I just think esports is just blowing up. And we saw this. We saw this in the in the uh, because of the pandemic, uh, people weren't weren't able to go outside, obviously. So they turned to esports, and we saw uh, a lot of different teams getting creative with what they're doing, kind of how to how to interact with their fans. And you know, I'm sure you guys grew up, but I grew up playing video games. I still game all the time. Oh, and oh, hundred percent. I, I think the best part was um, on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, um, especially in like March and April when you know everyone was still on pause. You know, we were seeing obviously some highlights. Like for example, we saw the uh, the MLB 20, the show players tournament. Bobochet. And yeah, everybody started loving Bobochet, which was great because I mean Bobochet is lovable. But like you know, you kind of see him doing something like this, just being a kid because that's what he is. He's still I think like what 2021. 20, like 21. Yeah. Okay. He's he's still technically a kid in a lot of people's eyes. But like this is this is something that's like okay, maybe I'll, I'll gravitate toward this. What really impressed me was uh, newly uh, signed Kansas City Chief uh, Le'Veon Bell Super Smash Brothers game being unreal. And I honestly was scared <laughs> to see how uh, how I would fare because, like, I'd like to think that I'm good at, uh, at you know, games like that. But then you obviously meet your match and then you're like, oh, no. Like, yeah, you know, and, and then you get discouraged, right? I want to see esports grow more, especially like in the kind of like the athletic game market, like with NBA 2K. Um, I know there's a couple NHL tournaments, but I'm I'm yeah. hoping that you know it grows to be a lot more, just mm-hmm. because you know that's that's a game that you could definitely you know get a that, big. That's a game that I play. I actually play yeah. it competitively. I, I play the sixes mode on NHL. I'm pretty damn good at it. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I still gotta I still ever. gotta get uh, get better for my I. Fun fact, um, so I got NHL 21. This is a weird segue, but I just got it recently. And, you know, um, uh, an ultimate team, there mm-hmm. are the, you know, the sets that you can exchange to get, you know, kind of like better gold players, right? So I kept doing yeah, that yeah. repetitively because I'm like, I have all these players I'm not using. And I ended up pulling a Crosby, no lie, 
on like the third time and I almost broke my controller because <laughs> I'm, I'm that way. And I probably shouldn't do that because uh, the PS5 is, is coming out soon and I got to, you know, spend money on that. Uh, I guess this kind of is a, is a question that I had since we're on the topic of esports. Is the cost for gaming consoles like in the new generation going to be a deterrent for people wanting to to play game you know professional esports on a console and do you see maybe more PC gamers just because you know a lot of stuff on PC is free or yeah, cheaper no. yeah that that's a good question and just personally speaking like if it's one that I'm battling with just because I talked about NHL there and I'm just not sure am I going to be able to run NHL at the optimal level if I don't get the Xbox One Series S or whatever it's called now <laughs> yeah um, it's, been, it's been a long time since we started i think my first you know my first console was the gamecube i think mm-hmm. joey's was yours n64 uh yeah i had an n64 I, when i, I was really you young i'm uh, i'm all super nintendo dang <laughs> you were going like three different uh generations of, literally almost in like reverse chronological order here where like i had the most recent and then you have like you know you mike with the the oldest console by straight um yeah, it's been it's been really uh, it's been really strange. If you were to pick any video game to see athletes play, uh-huh. like of any of any era, what would it be? Because I have mine, and I'm gonna save oh, mine for last. Of any era, you go first. Let me think about that one. That's a, that's a good. Class. So if we were gonna go sport specific, I would say uh, the one that I want to see. Since you mentioned Super Nintendo, is uh, NBA Jam, the original NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. uh, I would love to see players like you know, especially because like the you know the younger players don't really know what it is, and I want to see how they react with a, a Super Nintendo controller in their hand, and they're like, Jesus, this controller's small, and like compared <laughs> to the like the Xbox controllers. Uh, if I had to pick a modern day one, um, this is kind of going to be a cop out just because it's hot. I want to see a team based Among Us night. Oh. Where, uh-huh. You know, teams just kind of, like, get together and, you know, they kind of try and figure out who the imposter is and whatnot. Like, like Joey, don't tell them. If you were to tell me and Joey that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play Among Us, we would probably be sold and we'd probably join that. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm whatever, there, right? I'm, whatever, yeah, whatever platform it's on, I'm, I'm there watching it. Yeah, that would be very entertaining. That, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that is the trend right now. Um, I think if I had to think back, you guys know, you guys know about Goldeneye. Oh yes. Oh, I love me. Matt's the gamer of the two of us. So four-person so yeah, lobby. Let's go. Yeah, four-four-person <laughs> lobby, Golden Gun facility. That's just gonna like be the best thing. Like, imagine like, I want to see like Kyle Lowry playing a playing a game of Goldeneye. Because like that's he's got the saying. personality for it, right? <laughs> they'd be heated it'd be heated yeah. for sure and that's the thing like i want to see like athletes play you know non-sport games because like we always see them like they'll play 2k or they'll play fifa and they'll be yeah. like i'm gonna play the team where i can play as myself and it's like no i wouldn't do that i want to <laughs> play as other people <laughs> i feel that like i don't know for me like i, I aside from like cod and like first person first person shooting games like I love sports games. That's probably all I'll play. Like FIFA, NHL, um, even throw 2K. Like that's all I'll play. Uh, that, that's just because I love sports so much. So I wonder if that's the same thing 
is people watching it? Are they going to tune into, you know, would they rather tune in to watch the, you know, Raptors play NBA 2K or would they rather tune in to watch the Raptors play Super Smash Bros? I, I don't know. That's I a really good experiment. Know. I wonder, like, if MLSE would, uh, would take the opportunity to be like, let's experiment this because, you know, especially during the pandemic, you know, there wasn't really a lot going on. And I know that um, you look at, for example, um, uh, the NBA had uh, an NBA 2K tournaments mm-hmm. uh, among players. And it, I th- I'd like to think it was a huge success among, you know, younger viewers and like, you know, more diehard NBA fans. It got televised. Yeah, it did. Exactly. And it was on, I think it was on ESPN, I believe. Yeah. So like that, that's a pretty big deal, right? So I would like to see, you know, even just like random games because it's it's also it's kind of like a joint partnership in a way because you know you're you're giving the league and your team exposure, but then you're also at the same time giving that game exposure, mm-hmm. and then more people are going to be like, man, I want to go out and I want to go and and buy like you mentioned Super Smash Bros. Like I want to go get a Switch and I want to play that game. You know, I want to see, and then they'll obviously be like, yo, I want to. S- play mario kart with like half of the guys that are on my tv screen right now so like it's it's pretty crazy i i want to i want to see more especially like to to interact with the youth right because you know on like majority of of youth under the age of 18 are playing you know like fortnite and among us and stuff like that so like what we uh we call them the next gen yeah, so next that's next, gen. The next gen. Um, yeah, and we're seeing sure. it in the states. We're seeing it in the states with uh, with AOC playing uh, playing Among I Us. I saw that. That was awesome. I wanted to join. I, I joined too late. Uh, um, yeah. But getting back to soccer real quick, uh, I know this is not TFC related news, but this was huge news yesterday, coming out of Bar- uh, FC Barcelona, mm-hmm. with their president uh, Bar- Bartomeu stepping down. With him stepping down, does that mean that maybe there's a chance that Messi ends up staying? Or do you think that maybe he explores greener pastures? Because I heard a rumor that he wanted to go play in the Italian league. Yeah, jeez. Which would be something, right? Having Ronaldo and Messi in the same (laughs) time? Again? Again, yeah. It's just like, this time it's the Italian version. <laughs> Honestly, like your guess there is probably as good as mine. Um, that saga has gone back and forth a couple of times now, and uh, yeah, the latest now has Messi potentially, you know, wanting to stay a little bit longer because of the president now being stepping down. Um, I have I have no idea. Again, your guess is as good as mine, but what I will say, a little MLS kind of relative to this is Messi was really close to joining New York City FC. Um, true, yeah. That was a thing that was. He would be a world beater. Yeah, he was gonna go to Manchester City for I think two years or three years. And oh yeah, then, yes, they did. And then at the end of that that deal, since City and Man, Man or New York City and Manchester City have a partnership, uh, that I think mess the report was Messi was going to uh finish off the the last few years of his contract down there in New York. So that would have been that would have been something special because you're talking about the 2026 World Cup coming to North America. At that time, Lionel Messi would have been making his move over to, to North America and to have those two things simultaneous. And, we, we, you know, I think Cristiano Ronaldo has always been rumored to somehow find his way to North America as well. So, again, we're talking 2026 as the ultimate goal. I think there's a lot more that's going to happen leading up to that. And maybe it starts with some of those, some of those big names coming over. Uh, uh, yeah. I know, uh, so yeah. I guess uh, 
to bounce back off something you said earlier about Atletico Ottawa and how the owners are Atletico Madrid, do you think that this is strictly just like a business venture or does Atletico Madrid use um, Atletico Ottawa as a way to like and develop Canadian talent to eventually make the Atletico Madrid or even just to sell off to other mm-hmm. European clubs? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably lean towards the latter there of your sentiment, saying, uh, again, this is there's a pool of Canadian talent here, and having just another team that can compete in a competitive environment. Um, obviously, it's not in the same country as yours, but just having that that mm-hmm. you know leisure and the ability to do that is is it's it's such a flex for another another club, just because. If you think about it, if they have too many players at their side, they can turn around and just loan a player to their other team that they technically own. It's kind of like a loophole in soccer, where and we we do see it's very common. Um, so well, I know maybe, there's, yeah, there's so, a bunch of dominant Red Bull teams. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And so maybe we do see Atletico Ottawa um, loan some of their players over here, to, or sorry, vice versa, Madrid loan some of their players over to Ottawa. Yeah. Now I know you mentioned. Uh... 2026 being a huge thing uh i want to go a little sooner and i want to talk about the euro in 2021 because i mean we don't really know what's going to happen it was obviously supposed to happen this past summer it got pushed back i know everyone's talking about this and they're also talking about uh the uh the olympics that are also going to be happening in 2021 uh do you think it's going to be different in terms of uh how you how you see it? I hope so. I hope so. And I think that's just the ultimate goal is I I just want things to be I want things to be different. I want things to I thought I want soccer to get more exposure. And yeah. again, we're, we're 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 getting there. We're getting there and we were having these conversations and it's it's so important that we are just because people People learn this way and learn this way. I, I've I've found it like you guys are doing your, your own podcast here, and I'm telling you, there are gonna be people people listening, and they're gonna learn a thing or two here. Um, they learned a thing or two. <laughs> they learned that. a thing. Yeah, or two. yeah. Um, and just you know, the fact that we could have these conversations on on a serious note. Like I remember we used to have conversations like this, but people kind of didn't really take them seriously. But I think we're at the point now where people are starting to pay more and more attention to it because. Again, it, it's it's the most popular sport in the world, soccer. So I think Canada's just a little bit behind, but we're catching up. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, so, like, even just a few years ago, telling my friends who were all, like, fans of European soccer didn't really care much about the MLS, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm watching the Toronto FC game, and they'd all be like, oh, you're watching the MLS, but, like, <laughs> now they're watching the MLS, too, and, like, getting invested into it. So, so yeah, like, what you said That's is, like, be true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time, Mike. Uh, before we let you go, uh, what do you th- if uh, once TFC starts their playoff game uh, next week, uh, who would you like to see them play? Oh, that's a good question. I honestly haven't even thought that far ahead. Let me just pull up the standings here quickly. Um, so. The playoffs start actually November twentieth. Oh, the first okay. Day. So there's actually decision day next week, which is the day that all every team in MLS kind of plays their last game. Um, to sort of like at the same time, so it's kind of more uh, dramatic, I guess, the ending. 
just to see where everyone ends up. But if I had to pick like a team that I'd want to face right now, I'm I'm picking like Nashville. Uh, New England's a team we beat a couple of times. Chicago, I'm fine with. One team I don't want, really want to face is the New York Red Bulls there. Um, and obviously, and Inter-Miami as well, just because they have some world-class stars. So just quickly off the top of my head, those are probably two teams I don't want to face. The rest I'm fine with facing just because I believe in TFC and just how good they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like we saw last year of how uh, how insane it's been uh, for TFC. And like they literally went from what like they went from not they even snuck into the playoffs yeah they snuck in barely they barely won their first round matchup and then they just tiptoed all the way to the mls uh final and then obviously they, they lost to to seattle granted but i mean you know it was it was a good ride yeah yeah it uh, was a it was a memorable one for sure yeah um so uh final thoughts before we uh we let you go mike uh who do you think is going to be the biggest person to step up for tfc in in the postseason oh um i mean pozuelo's their, their most important player in turn if if he's not going i don't think they're gonna have too much success so i think pause has to step up i think richie loria is gonna you know he's a game breaker so he can have some of his moments and don't sleep on Josie Altador just yet. I know he hasn't really had the 2020, but I think they're gearing him gearing him to go for the playoffs. So if he can get going in the playoffs, a healthy Josie Altador makes any any team better. So um, he could be in, he could be a dark horse there. Even Josie on one foot was a beast back in uh, in 2017 when he I think scored a pair of goals against Columbus on uh, one foot. Yeah, for so, sure. You know, if you just have one foot, you can make a difference. <laughs> so. It just goes to show you. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Mike, thanks for, for taking the time to, uh, to talk to us. Uh, do you want to take the time to plug your, your socials? <laughs> sure, for sure. If you guys uh, if you guys want to go follow Waking the Red. Again, not walking, waking. Uh, I'll, I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> so, yeah, Waking the Red on, on Twitter. If you guys want some Toronto FC content, I guarantee you the, the stuff that you found on our site will be second to none. So, um Go ahead, uh, check that out. Um, and yeah, if you, if you want to follow me, I'll also I'm, a, I'm on the Toronto FC beat, so I'm in every sort of interview conference kind of they have. So if you want, you can follow me on Twitter and all the socials at MichaelSing94. Awesome, that sounds really really good. So thanks for for coming on, Mike. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. It was good good chat, good banter. Yeah, hope you uh, hope you stay safe during this. Uh, these crazy times that we're in. Yeah, you too, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All right, thank you. Yeah. Good old buddy Mike Singh. All right, um, thanks, guys. I, I got to run. No worries. No Sorry. Worries. Okay. Bye. All right, so like we said, uh, all our good friend Mike Singh, uh, Michael Singh 94, Waking the Red. Waking the Red. I'm going to remember that. I'm probably not going to remember that. No um, doubt. No cap. Not gonna remember. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, as far as other things we should talk about today, um, unfortunately, we address the uh, the elephant in the room with the Raptors today. There's a lot of elephants in the sports world that there is. Um, we can address today. So, um, I guess since I mentioned it, we'll talk about uh, Terrence Davis uh, apparently being arrested last night. Uh, we're recording on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, this broke. Uh, Wednesday morning, 
this happened reportedly on Tuesday night that he uh, uh, Terrence Davis apparently was arrested in Manhattan after reportedly getting into an altercation with his girlfriend, reportedly also uh, slamming and breaking her phone in the process. So, I mean, it's it's tough timing, but, like, you know, you, you heard all the stuff with uh, – did you hear all the stuff about the anti-vax uh, comment, uh, comments that he made a little while ago? I actually – I've heard them being said, but I didn't know what exactly he said. Um, so he basically, uh, he promoted anti-vaccination, uh, and he wasn't, you know, doing things the right way. Uh, apparently while they were in the bubble, he had, uh, a mask with, uh, with a hole in it. So I don't know what that was, uh, was saying. So yeah, he was, he was going off. This was around, uh, the beginning of August when the, uh, the NBA, uh, playoffs were starting back up. Um, I wonder if this has anything to do with lack of playtime during the playoffs i don't know i mean like it's a tough situation with what's going on because like you know he obviously caught fire uh during the you know the season uh he was playing phenomenal basketball especially in the in the first uh quarter of 2020 uh but then yeah he was he was on the you know the uh the all rookie second team um but, you know, yeah, it was one of those things where it was like he he got pushed down because, you know, other guys had more experience when it came to, to playing in the playoffs. Like, we even saw Matt Thomas getting some uh, some licks in the playoffs. So, you know, he should have got more. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering if this is maybe now, like, a lot of people are saying that this is an excuse to cut him, which I'm not saying it's not. But you need there. There's a process that you need to go through. You know, you can't just go out and you know cut the guy, um, because we saw this, of course, with Roberto Osuna, like what two years ago now. This happened, I think, two or three years ago. About that, yeah, going on three. Um, but yeah, like Osuna, once he was arrested, he wasn't traded from the team right away. You know, they had to obviously go through the the legal trials he was put on administrative leave from mlb uh his salary was suspend uh he was suspended his salary so i mean like there there's steps that have to go through this now i believe what from what i'm understanding the raptors uh have to waive his rights before the free agency period opens up because i think i heard something that if free agency opens up like his contract's already going to be guaranteed by the team because mm-hmm. I think they signed him to that one-year contract. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal with a full guarantee year uh, in year one. But, you know, they have to make a decision on this. And and I think, to be honest with you, like, I know, again, we, we don't have a lot of the information. Um, I mean, we have some clear-cut information on what happened, but, you know, it, it's hard to, to make a judgment on this. I think it's so easy to say he's cut, but... If he does get cut, is he an easily replaceable player? Um, if Terrence Davis, is he replaceable? Um, I don't know. Because, cause like, he did have, like, a pretty good rookie season and, like, came out of nowhere. But you still haven't really seen enough of him to really, like, make that, like, to make that kind of decision, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's weird seeing... Well, it's weird and it's unfortunate seeing players have phenomenal seasons and then they just shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Like, this... Like, the best way that I could come up with this was, uh, like, going back to Osuna. Like, he was having a phenomenal, you know, 2018. Uh, the Jays were getting closer. I think they went over 500. Uh, he was lights out. And then, of course, he was arrested. And, you know, that's not good for a guy who was on pace to being one of the best young closers for – yeah, in baseball, like people were comparing him to, to Mariano Rivera at this point. Um, he was yeah, only 21 at the time? He was 23 when he was traded. Um, but then, of course, you know, obviously he played in a lot of games. Like he was, you know, he had 20, you know, he had nine saves in, in um, 15 games with the Jays. So he was, he was pretty much lights out. And then obviously he went to Houston and he was, you know, People would say he still lights out on on the stat sheet, but like, you know, you look at uh, a president like Masai Ujiri compared to, uh, I'm just gonna say this, a poor management in the Houston Astros because um, you, mm-hmm. you, you know what happened. We're not gonna say it. you know what happened. Um, but yeah, I, I think to be honest, he's cut. Uh, I think I'm giving. You know, I'm giving Masai Jerry and Bobby Webster the benefit of the doubt, and they know what they're doing mm-hmm. because they brought good players in in the offseason. Like, you know, we saw them turn Rondé Hollis Jefferson into a pretty good defensive forward. Um, and they have a lot of young grown talent that I think they're hoping takes the next step. Like, we saw Chris Boucher a lot. And do you think maybe we see Chris Boucher in an everyday role next season, and maybe they just avoid not signing Abaka? Because there's rumors that Ibaka might go to the um, old team. I can't remember. The Warriors, I heard. Yeah, I heard Golden State was one, and there was another one that I can't remember. I think it was. I, I can't remember. That's how. That's how. Mm-hmm. Re- that's how relevant that source is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really. Uh, it's really getting to a point where I think the Raptors are realizing that they're not going to tear down like the. American media wants them to, but they're more or less just going to kind of like retool and get younger, which is why I think, to be honest, Chris Boucher is for Giannis. Yeah, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see Chris Boucher probably taking a step to be more of an everyday player, kind of being that starting center because like he's he's basically had a year and a half under under Gasol under controlled minutes. Yeah, exactly, and like he's played pretty big. Mm-hmm. he's had some big plays for the team so i'm wondering if maybe they lean on him uh do you think that maybe they we see a lot more of malcolm miller this year um a lot more of malcolm miller would be like two minutes a game so <laughs> this is true this is very um, true yeah i just feel like there's going to be a lot more opportunity for a lot of like those guys who didn't get a lot of time while they were competing for championships like and our boy because, like our boy stanley johnson yes exactly so, yeah, like this, this is just going to be like an opportunity, and I do trust Nick Nurse because like I feel like he's a coach that a lot of players want to play for, and all that, and he's really good at like getting players to buy into his system, and his system it's proven to to work. Like they won a championship and they made it to a game seven against Boston in the in the Eastern semis. So, yeah, 
I mean, like, they they were basically one bad game away, or one bad game, like, removed from going mm-hmm. back to... To the Eastern Conference uh, Final. Yeah, and arguably maybe the NBA Final, which is hard to justify because it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of being like apples to oranges. You're like, what, what yeah. could have been, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's been a crazy couple of years, and, like, I'm... I'm interested to see what the Raptors do because, like, they've been – it's been a weird offseason so far. Like, I'm sure many people didn't want – but, like, the free agency period does not open for a while. But we have we have a surprise looming for uh, when the when the draft and when free agency comes, uh, comes about. So uh, stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. That hopefully will be cooking. I'm probably going to jinx that, but who knows. Uh, should we jump to hockey? Uh, sure. Even though there really isn't a whole lot since we last recorded. Well, we never talked about the Joe Thornton signing yet. On, on I mean, air. we all we all called it. Um, so yeah, Joe Thornton mm-hmm. is a Leaf. Uh, this is weird. Um, uh, he's actually doing pretty well playing in Davos right now. Uh, yeah. I like uh, the fact that he's playing there to you know get into game shape and all that and not because he is part of the one of the seven teams who didn't make the the bubble, right? So. Yeah. By the time they come back, it'll be what ten months since since he last played. And also, there's still a whole lot of uncertainty with uh, with the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, or not the bubble, uh, with the start time. You know, some people yeah. are saying, like we saw the OHL, they're going to be starting around late January. I believe January twenty second mm-hmm. uh, is twenty second, twenty third is when they want to get their season up and running. Uh, the NBA, I think they said the 22nd of December, they want yeah. to, to have a hard start date for their season, probably without no fans. I think I, we heard the NHL would start in February, kind of like a February 1st uh, I was date. hearing mid-January. Here's, here was my thought, and I thought of this last night. You know, they were supposed to have the All-Star weekend late January. I'd say start late January, because at that point... You know, in in the states, they're hoping that you know a vaccine will be will be ready and will be administered mm-hmm. to Americans. So you know, then you kind of you know can give it to the athletes after obviously the the essential workers and essential staff get it first, uh, and then you obviously have you know play with no fans, and then as time goes on, because like if you want to start 82 games on February 1st, that's not going to be viable. Well. I don't think they're doing 80, 82 games. I heard a 60-game regular season. Yeah, like, I've heard, like, 65. I've heard 82. I've heard 60. Like, we don't know yet. I think they want 82, but they realize, like, we don't want to have... It's not possible. Yeah, especially... Unless, just... like, they're... Unless they're sure that, like, this vaccine is going to be, like, ready... And, you know, normalcy will be returned by the time the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup playoffs would start, which in normal circumstances, they would start in about, you know, second week of April. But I think we're probably going to see them start probably late May, early June by this account. Can you imagine having a Stanley Cup parade in August? Well, here's the thing. They have a model to go after with how they did in the 2013 season with the lockout shortened season. Right. So and that like, was a 48-game season, and if I remember correctly, the playoffs started in May. So we add another 12 games to that. Well, 16. And maybe like, like six, mid, mid-May. 
16 oh yeah well wait this is for regular season right yeah yeah so like another you take it to mid-may then you have uh at least uh there's what there's four rounds so like 20 20 20 august the season will would, would finish and then if the if the pa can agree to a shortened off season then you're right back on track to start in october again and then have the you know, yeah, normalcy being being returned in that way, which I think is definitely what what the end goal is. I think that's what they're hoping is best case scenario, and I think they're they're I think they're leaning more on Canada just because like Canada's handled the pandemic better. Not, I mean, as recently it's been kind of haywire, but I mean, you know, it's been handled better than the states due to the fact that you know, granted, we are a smaller country than than the u.s but also like you know a lot of the guidelines are are better um even though we don't really know what to to expect about this right now um so yeah well getting back to to the lease real quick um some people well by some people i mean pierre mcguire said that, that apparently montreal was going to have a better season than the leafs because they they added basically josh anderson joel edmondson and tyler Toffoli. Which and Jake he, Allen. And Jake Allen. Can't forget about Jake Allen. Uh, and they signed Brendan Gallagher, which was hilarious because it was like, oh, we're going to go ahead and uh, not sign Brendan Gallagher. And then, oh, by the way, we actually signed him to an extension. Yeah. You never know what, what Mark Bergevin's saying. Remember he said that they weren't going to trade P.K. Subban, and then two days later he was traded. Yeah, he's a, he's a very uh, cards to his uh, – you know, card up his sleeve guy where he'll just, you know, like, be like, oh, let's see if I can do this without nobody knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if I were to rate all of the Canadian teams based on their offseason, because like, it's been what? The offseason started uh, two three, weeks ago, two and a half weeks. About two or so weeks. It started on the 9th. Yeah. Uh, and now we're, yeah, we're recording on the 28th. This will be up probably the 29th or whenever we decide to go throw it up because life. Um, but yeah, it's really getting up to the point where if I were to pick teams, I would say the Leafs are still number one and everyone's going to cry at us because you and I are going to agree on this because the no, Leafs, yeah, I agree. I think the, they, they, they addressed every, every, everything need. that they needed. It's like, they got depth, they got veteran presence, they got grittier, they, they got, got defense part, and, and Dubas said they want to get harder to play against. They addressed it as in they're going to be jerks and that they're going to be uh, playing harder skill-wise. Um, so, yeah, I, the Leafs are definitively number one. Number two, see, two down to seven is so weird because, like, it, it's hard. I would say two, Calgary, just because March. I'm thinking is, two would be Vancouver. Really? Even though like they they lost a lot of their no yeah I actually yeah I um yeah I'll say Calgary but Calgary saying... too is another one of those wild card teams it was just like you're not really sure what you're gonna get out of them like how many times is it gonna be okay this is the year they're gonna get over the hump this this is the year this is the year yeah they're kind of like the Leafs but they actually won a playoff series and they're in the last five years, which is sad. Yeah. Uh, I would go, okay, after Calgary, okay, I'll say Montreal third, just because, like, they're they're very much a well-rounded team, and, like, if Nick Suzuki can 
play to form, then they have a pretty good one, two, three of Deno, Suzuki, Kok, and Yemi. Um, and I'm hope I'm I don't know what that Josh Anderson extension is. Just oof, that's David Clarkson esque. It literally is David Clarkson contract. Except I think he might be at least a little better. Um, after Mon- after Montreal. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. You put Montreal in the third position? I did put Montreal in the third position. No, that's why I put Vancouver. Because Vancouver did lose players, but they still have a lot of young players who are just going to get better. And Patterson and Hughes. And they still have Besser. I put Vancouver at four just because they lost a lot of uh, key players like Tanev. And they they let Tanev and Stetcher go for nothing, which I think was kind of uh, disappointing. Uh, I think that, I mean, yeah, like you said, they have Hughes. They still have, like, Edler, Myers. They got Schmidt. Um, and they have Demko, who's hopefully going to learn under Holtby and be a good uh, influence on him. I think Vancouver's going to be really deadly after next year because, like, Sutter and Pearson are up. Edler's up. Ben is up. Like, they're going to – and they have to pay – they have to pay Pedersen, Hughes, Demko – all in one year. Like, you thought Dubas and the Leafs were going to have a, uh, a tough time. Mm-hmm. Like, See, for I, me, yeah. But then again, they won't demand, like, I don't think they'll demand. I think Pedersen will demand 10, but I don't know about the other two. Yeah. Um, after Vancouver, for I... For me, will... Vancouver, I have at three. And then I have probably Winnipeg, just because of Hellebuck at four. I have where we... I'm at five? I believe. No, wait, wait, wait. Where was? I had okay. Toronto at one. Three would be Calgary Edmonton. Two. Three would be Edmonton just because of the cheat code they have at, up the middle. I'm not sold on Edmonton. Okay, here's so I'm at. I put Montreal at four or three. Okay, here. Okay, for me, I have one Toronto, two, Calgary. The, the, those are the two we agree on. Right. Three, I'm putting Edmonton just because they have the cheat code of Drysaddle and McDavid. Okay, so I'm putting I'm putting Winnipeg actually at five, and then after after Edmonton in the fourth actually spot, in the fourth spot I'm putting I'm putting Vancouver five I'm putting Winnipeg just because of Hellebuck and even though they might still trade uh, Line A which is would be hilarious like they still have one of the best goalies. Or, or if not the best goalie in the league. And then sixth place, putting the Habs. And then seventh, it will be Ottawa. So for mine, I have Toronto, Calgary. We already established those. I have Montreal at three, just because I think they're more of an actual team now. Uh, I have Vancouver at four. I have Edmonton at five, just because, again, the cheat code. And, like, the only thing that they really lost, in my opinion, with the Oilers is, one, why did you extend Chris Russell? I don't care if it's one, two, five. Why did you extend him, number one? Yeah, he's not good. Uh, number two, losing out on a goalie. That one really sucked. Uh, and three, they have to get rid of a contract if they want to sign Ethan Bear. I don't know who it's going to be. I think it might be Al Shiasson, but I don't know what's going to happen there. But I, I like bringing back Ennis. I like bringing back Paul Yarvey. Tourists at two years is a gamble. Um, so, yeah, they're at five. Winnipeg, for me, is at six for the sole reason that 
I'm not sold on their blue line. Like, DeMello's great, but, like, you know, like, you literally, okay, you have a top three in Morrissey, DeMello, and Pionk. Your bottom six is, like, Bolu, Forbort, Spiza, Pullman, and Sammy Nicku. And, like, I know they have young players, like, they have Billy Hill Noah, Logan Stanley, which I'm hoping that I can get him into the league, because I, I imagine, like, just calling guys Stanley, and he scores. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I think Winnipeg, like, they didn't add, but they didn't subtract. And apparently they want to, they might get rid of uh, Jack Roslevic, which might, which they will jump up to four if they can get a premium player or at least a solid player. Like, if I'm Kevin Dayoff, and, and first of all, I would make a trade. Second of all, Mackenzie Wieger's available. Why aren't you going and getting him? Like you have, I have a, I see a perfect one for one, like Roslovic, and or maybe like Roslovic and something else for for Uyghur. Now you can have a guy who's primarily a shutdown guy. You can have on yeah. the left side. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just me. And then obviously, despite Ottawa making some really solid moves, uh, and they just signed Alex Galchenyuk today. Uh, I think Ottawa, they won't be the worst team in the NHL. They'll probably be bottom ten. Maybe I think like, they'll be like bottom mid- five still. I think they'll be maybe like top bottom ten. I think they'll definitely climb a little bit. Maybe they'll finish like eighth flat eighth from the bottom. Like who's your bottom five then? Ooh, this is gonna be fun. Uh so worst team in the NHL, I am going to say will be the So this is a this is actually a tough one. I think it's a few I think the worst team will be Anaheim. You think? Just yeah, I know what. I'm, I'm gonna go with the worst team will be one of the Ducks or the Sharks. That is, unless Devin Dubnik channels 2015 Devin Dubnik and goes on a goes on a run. Um, 30th, I'll put. I'll go. I'll go the three Californian teams in any order in the bottom three. So San Jose, I'll, I'll go San Jose 31st, Anaheim 30th, uh, LA thir- uh, 29th. I have Chicago in the bottom five. Yeah. Because, like, listen, I love Kubalik. I love Dabrinkit. I love Doc. I love Strom. And, like, the veterans can whine and bitch all they want about this rebuild and how they got rid of Saad and they didn't bring back Corey Crawford. Like, dude, you can't contend forever. Like, yeah. you've got to realize that, like, you guys have won three Stanley Cups. And you're so how long much. now until Kane and Taze get traded? I think Kane before Taze, and I'm thinking in the final year of their deal. Or maybe after, actually, you know what? I think after this season. I think after this season, I think since Taze is the captain, they won't trade him. Kane, I think they could absolutely trade. Actually, mm-hmm. no, K- Kane or Keith? Because I feel like they could trade Duncan Keith. They got to trade Duncan Keith. That that just got to happen. Talk about a guy who everybody gushed over. Like, listen, I love Duncan Heath. I think he's a phenomenal defenseman. But, like, putting him on the top 100 list, like, no way. Of all time, yeah. No way. Like, top 100 within the last 10 to 15 years? I'd oh, see definitely. it. Oh, definitely. Top, but, top yeah. 20 within the last 15 years? Sure. For sure, 100%. But, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you're overstretching this. 
Uh, did you see the meme uh, when everyone quoting the NASA tweet where about things going on on the moon? And uh, they're saying that uh, the NHL will have an outdoor yeah. game and that it'll be X team versus Chicago because Chicago yeah. always needs to have a team. Also, breaking news while we're recording, uh, the uh, per Elliot Friedman, the AHL is targeting a February 5th start yeah. date. Yeah, I just saw that too. So that's a, that, that's pretty big. That's very helpful for the Leaf situation, I think, because of the, all the because they they have a really good defense in the fact of they have too many players now. Yeah, I think especially now that they have confirmation that the AHL is starting up, it's good for if they want to give like Rasmus Sandin and Meek or or uh, Timothy Liljegren some more playing time in the AHL and I think it's I wouldn't even hate it if they put Letton in there for like a couple months just to get used to the North American ice and all that I think that's what they're gonna do I think I think what's gonna happen is they put like okay this is top pair I'm gonna see in the AHL I'm gonna see Letton Liljegren the Finn and the Swede playing top pair then you go Martin Merninchen and Mac Holloway and Mm -hmm. then Callie Rose, or actually no, Callie Rosen and Matt Holloway. I forgot that he is still on the Leafs. And then Marty Marincin with, who cares? Maybe Joseph Duzak. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's so many players you could you could grow on there. They they still have David Warsawski, which is crazy. Um, Kivi Linen. Yeah, Kivi Holme. Yeah. Yeah, Kivi Holme. Whatever. Yeah, I always forget his name. Um. Yeah, they still have the Leafs still have to sign Joey Anderson, but I mean, he has no. He's ineligible for an offer sheet, and he's not eligible for arbitration. So I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Joey Anderson maybe goes and plays in Europe, uh, for a year, and then the Leafs maybe go out and uh, sign him next off season, because like they already have Denny Mulligan, who I don't know if you've seen him playing in uh in uh. Swiss League, yeah, like he's he's had some good goals. See, yeah, I'm not I'm not really one to watch the Swiss Hockey League. Unfortunately, I, I have but. okay, but if you have Twitter, you'll see. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think now that the AHL is going to start up, I think it it benefits the Leafs absolutely. Teams gotta gotta be better. I or in terms of like their AHL relocation, like, uh. The one that sticks out to me, it's going to be the most troubling, is uh, Vancouver with Utica. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be a huge... Who decided to put Vancouver's... Uh, yeah, like, why Why not do it in Victoria? Or literally or, anywhere else Or anywhere nearby. else in BC, yeah. Like, that one. That one's questionable. Um, Vegas, I think, has the Chicago Wolves, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that that one's. I mean, no, no, no. Vegas didn't, didn't they announce their own affiliate not too long ago? Or I, am I, just, I can't. Or, remember. or has all this COVID stuff just been, just blocked my brain with a bunch of like fake information I'll, that I I'll think happened? You, I'll tell you in a second. I just googled the a the uh, American Hockey League. So we got, uh, okay, Bridgeport Islanders, Charlotte, Hartford, Hershey. Da, da, da. Okay, so I need to go to, uh. Bakersfield, ba- yeah, another one. Bakersfield, California for the Oilers. That's yeah. another weird one. Like, what the hell? I don't understand that one. 
Uh, okay, yeah, here we go. The Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Which is going to take place in Henderson, Nevada, which I think is a very good idea. Did you see their logo? Um, I'm gonna share I, my I have a I'm long share time my ago. screen with Joey right now, and I, just so he can see the logo. I have a long time ago. Check I don't. This, I don't, check I don't remember. Check this logo out right here. Looks like a friggin' killer horse. It's actually oh. pretty cool. Oh yeah, I see it. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty legit. I like how it. Uh, how it looks. Um, yeah. But yeah. I. I want to see more teams like having teams within their their respected areas. Mhm. And like I know in Canada it's hard, but like it's doable. Like the Marlies have Toronto. It's doable there. The uh, the Sens have Belleville, which it's not. Why is not- it? Like I've never understood why the Chicago Wolves have never been the Chicago Blackhawks farm team. Yeah, that's weird. Like Rockford, Illinois, I understand, but like the Chicago Wolves for uh apparently wait, 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 let me they're the top minor affiliate for the Carolina Hur- What? Then what the hell are the Charlotte Checkers? Oh my god. Okay, Wait, so, it's not the Charlotte Checkers anymore no, from no. the Hurricanes? So, so you wanna you wanna hear something really weird? I am hoping our viewers think that this is just as stupid or our listeners think that this is as stupid as uh, as we are. So the Charlotte Checkers, who were the makes sense, Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Are now the NHL affiliate for the Florida Panthers, and Carolina is going to have the Chicago Wolves. That makes literally zero sense. I don't understand that. That's so stupid. I'm so happy that the Toronto Maple Leafs own their own farm team. I mean, like, we have the money to do so, but, like, I mean, everyone else doesn't. And that way, like, they can just, like, yeah. Or in my opinion, you know what? Here's what I think, because before the Laval Rockets uh, became what they were, uh, they were something else, I believe, right? Yeah, they were the the St. John's Ice Ice Caps. Caps. Yeah, why not have another team in St. John's? Yeah. Like, in Newfoundland, like, you want to... Well, now we have the Growlers. Oh, yeah, the Newfoundland Growlers. Yeah, so St. John's is, uh, is Leafs territory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of went all over the place talking about, uh, about hockey, but yeah, the AHL news breaking is, is huge for, for, uh, the league to, uh, go out and finally get a start date. Uh, I think now that we see, um, the AHL getting a start date, I think we're definitely going to see the NHL probably starting around the same time, like late January, early February. No, there's this idea that I heard. I know, like, we, we we are both fans of the Steve Dangle podcast. And I want to get your thoughts on this idea that I think it was Adam brought up. Always Adam. Yeah. He says, why can't teams just trade cap space? I mean, or, that's or technically... Assets. They technically do that though, right? Because it's LTIR. No, no, but no, but like, ha, like just make it legitimate though, because LTIR is not legitimate. It's we don't want the guy on our team. Oh look, he's injured. I mean, it's, yeah, that makes sense because like then you can be like teams need to hit the cap floor. They'll give you know X amount of or get X amount of cap space from this team that needs to or to a second round draft pick or whatever. I would like that's an interesting proposition because it, it kind of goes hand in hand with like uh, 
with baseball how teams will get uh, international pool money or, or they they'll just get, trade uh, cash. Yeah, they'll just get cash. Like we saw it all the time in, in Moneyball where, mm-hmm. where Billy Bean would, you know, trade players for cash or next to nothing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, the A's were were and still are very, very poor. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I would I would like to see that, especially like when you look at teams that are going to be so, you know, tangled up in the cap for the next couple years. Like, you know, the Leafs definitely will be not that that's an issue, because if the, if the cap went up, it would not have been an issue. Like, mm-hmm. for example, a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like they only have like about maybe two and some change, and they have to sign, like, Anthony Sorelli, yeah. Mikhail Sergachev, and Eric Cernak. Let's like, say they wanted an extra $5 million in cap space. They can call up a team that has a lot of it but doesn't need much add more additions to do and be like, hey, how do you feel about having our second-round pick or whatever, and you give us $5 million of that cap space? But it's just really weird because then you also need to look at what tangibles are you giving up. Like, what players are you are you giving up in that sense? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I think like we see all the time, like players taking on salary dumps, you know, because it's like they'll eat the salary for one year and then they'll go and, uh, you know, get better down the line. After that contract is burnt, you can spend that money on somebody else. <laughs> and then the Leafs would just wouldn't, this was a thing the Leafs just wouldn't draft. They just yeah, they'll just literally like <laughs> replenish every single asset that they need. Okay, so let's let me read the uh, the statement from the AHL. So it says American Hockey League president and CEO Scott Housen has announced that the league's board of governors has approved moving the anticipated start date of the 2021 season to February 5th, 2021, due to the ongoing pandemic health crisis. The AHL continues to work with its member clubs to monitor developments and local guidelines in all 31 league cities. Da, 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 da. Further details regarding the season are still TBD. Blah, blah, blah. Not nearly 90% of it today's... Da, 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 da. Okay, so that's just shit about the AHL. Um, but yeah, that's big for the team. I'm wondering if now... Because like, you know, now obviously we're getting some, some clarity of when leagues are going to start back up again. And the NHL obviously is going to be last to the party because they mm-hmm. always are. Because I, I, or maybe I don't know. Did the G League announce that they were going to have a, a team? I'm not have sure. A, have a, a startup for their league. Oh, also one thing that was really interesting that I, I I wanted to tell you or show you, I guess. Um, do you follow Greg Wyshynski on Twitter? Yeah. Did you see his tweet earlier about uh, leagues donating to uh, political parties in the States? I haven't. Let me send it to you on Twitter because it is very fascinating. Um, So basically, for those of you who don't follow uh, Greg Wyshynski on Twitter, first of all, you should. He's a great follow. Um, He's the uh, co-host of the Puck Soup podcast uh, and senior uh, NHL writer at ESPN. Uh, Really good podcast, by the way. Very good, yes. Uh, And this is really interesting seeing how the majority of donations from team owners uh going towards uh political parties you could see a lot of the donations that republican parties receive are from sports teams and it's really interesting because you you see all the time you know and it really just goes to show you how greedy the sport owners are right Mm mm-hmm because I mean, like, the NASCAR one really does not. 
yeah, the, the, the NASCAR yeah. one, to be honest, the only one that really surprises me is the WNBA. Because, you yeah. like, seeing that red bar uh, really trickle up is really concerning to me. And we'll retweet it on the... Uh, on the uh, our Twitter page, but like it's a really fascinating uh, look, and it really just goes to show you how um, how wealthy sport sport owners really just don't give a shit. Like just to give you right now, like in like like the margin is ungodly, like ten million dollars from the NFL, NBA, WNBA, NASCAR, NHL, and MLB have gone to the Republicans, while just a little mm-hmm. shy of two million have gone to Democrats. Like, dude. Mm-hmm. And the and the league, guess the league that has donated the most. It's not going to surprise you. NFL. No, Wait, NFL, NFL, the, the NFL has actually donated out of the since uh, from 2016 till present day. They have donated the third least. It's very. It'll be very. Okay, so let me read the list for you. So, uh, so in total, six hundred and seventy thousand dollars and ninety three cents have gone. Or no, yeah, nine. No, yeah, no. Six hundred. I'm an idiot. Six hundred seventy thousand dollars and ninety. Six hundred seventy three thousand ninety three dollars. I'm. I'm not having a good day today. First, I mess up with Mike, and now I mess up with with numbers. I. Ju- I should just get off my computer. Mm-hmm. Pandemic has done enough to me. So. Uh, NASCAR has spent uh, 567,000 about that to the Dem- uh, to the Republicans, only 93,000 to Democrats. That's sad. Uh, the WNBA pretty evenly split, uh, 1.3 to Republicans, 1.6 to Democrats. The NFL has donated five million to Republicans and only 873,000 to Democrats. You want to know how much the NHL has, has uh, spent to Republicans? What is it? Seven million dollars around that portion, <laughs> with only one point seven to uh, to Democrats. Which okay, I understand you have a Republican party in in power, but like, dude, the NBA is actually second with eight point three million and only two point six to Democrats. You want to know how much the MLB has pledged to Democrats? Or to Republicans, excuse me. Let's hear it. Fifteen million dollars. It doesn't surprise me though. Rob Manfred is in bed with their Donald. I would not be surprised. Because they both probably have the same intelligence level. And I don't I don't want to get political, but like come on, the election's next week. Also, what was up with him last night? Man yeah, he was he was not good. I think he might have been, like, under something, some form of influence. Which, do we want to talk about how stupid the NBA is? Or the NBA? No, no, not the NBA. The NBA is actually pretty genius league. Uh, oh, actually, uh, let me go ahead and name the owners that have uh, contributed to uh, Trump's campaign. To see if you, uh, some names you'll, you'll laugh out loud for. So, Bill Foley. Who is the uh, owner of the Golden Knights? Yeah, I know that. Bill uh, Bill Hornbuckle, two Bills already starting. Uh, with I don't know Las who Vegas. Bill Hornbuckle owns. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces, I believe that is the WNBA. Could be, I could be wrong. Charles Johnson of the Giants, San Francisco mm-hmm. Giants. Dan Devos of the Orlando Magic. 
Jack Rus- Rusash. I don't know how to say his name. James Dolan. <laughs> Are you surprised? No. Uh, Keith Lawfer. Keith Lawfer of the Atlanta Dream, another WNBA team. Mike Brown of the Bengals. Peter Car- Caramanos of the Hurricanes. Very surprising. Uh, Robert Plummer, the Dodgers owner. That's that's a good boy. Roger Penske of uh, Team Penske. Why is it literally that? Uh, Tillman Fitira. I don't know. How, I can't pronounce his name. Fitira? I can't pronounce his name. I'm an idiot. Uh, but the Houston Rockets. No wonder the Houston Rockets are poor. No wonder. <laughs> they haven't gotten their money back. And then finally, Todd Ricketts of the Cubs. Uh, and, yeah, it's really, I mean, like, there's the Democrat one, which is, there's not really anybody worth, uh, worth noting. I mean. I wonder if any NHL owners donated to the Democrat. Uh, let me, let me just look at it. Uh, Herbert Fitch, or Furch, who owns the, uh, the National Predators. David, David Blitzer, who owns the 76ers and the Devils. So those are two names right there. Uh, and that's about it. So those are the only two ownerships that have pledged to uh, to the Democrats. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very interesting piece, to be honest with you. Uh, go, it's from the 538 uh, website. So if you go check that out. It's very interesting. Very good read. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much about it. That's as political as we're going to get because, um, you know, I don't want to – I don't want. We're a Canadian. We don't give a shit about American politics. I mean, we mm. do, but like, we don't want to state our opinions. Um, so I guess we'll close on the Dodgers being stupid, which we'll talk about more probably when we hear more. But that's this crazy a, last night. So okay, so here's what's stupid for me: you have a private lab dedicated towards filtering these tests. You have what? There's like what 25 men on an MLB roster? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, give or you take. Have 50 players plus a coaching staff. Why? Okay, now I understand now in hindsight why they had uh, Monday off because that was their testing day, which which makes sense. But in my opinion, why did you not have days every second day? Because you could use it as a quote-unquote travel day, as a testing day to make sure the players do not have COVID. And Justin Turner, mm-hmm. who is literally the equivalent of gritty mixed with, like, I don't know, what's another orange-based person? Like, it's just it's so stu- So, like, so he had it for, what was it? He got pulled in the seventh. So he played three quarters of a game. Three quarters of a game. Knowing he had it. Was force isolated after. No, he didn't know he had it. He but they but they, but they pulled in the him. second inning. I read no no no, but he, he didn't know he had it. Granted, but like they pulled him in the seventh. He goes to the clubhouse. He finds out he has tested positive, and nobody gives a shit. They're just like, okay, go on the field, go. Okay, I know people are gonna say, oh, he had a mask on. Like, no, no excuse. The- like. The Dodgers apparently got notified in the second inning that his test came back inconclusive, which I find wild because how is how is anybody allowed to take the field without getting a confirmed COVID test? 
yeah, it's like it's to me like it's so boggling how stupid this league is. And the fact that they let him go out on the field, mm-hmm. like, you know, socialize with his teammates. Like, I get it. You won a world like I get it. You won the World Series. You know, it's a great moment. A lot of these guys have won a uh, you know, have won for the first time, but like, dude, why? Like, you're going to celebrate. You can celebrate in two weeks if you have a celebration. Like, why do you need – like, it's just so – it's so wild. So now, not only is his wife most likely going to get it because she was on the field celebrating, the majority of the players are going to get it. Dave Roberts, the manager, is going to get it. And what's really funny, you see the Dodgers coming out and uh, and saying a statement? Nope. I don't. I don't no, see No, they're being call. investigated now. For their negligence. But isn't that also on the MLB too? For being like... Because they're responsible. Yeah. They have... Also Turner too apparently should be responsible because according to reports, he 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 was told... He he was told to isolate, to begin isolating the second that he found out. And he's just refused. How much do you want to bet? I think... Wait, is he a free agent after this year? I don't think so. I got. I got. I got to. I know he signed a big deal a while ago. Let me. Let me look at this. This boy. Okay. Which. Uh, oh, I need. I need to watch. Uh, I need to watch Stephen. Uh, Stephen A. Smith just rip him a new one. But let me. Let me go and check his contract now because I'm. I'm genuinely curious. He's gonna be a free agent next year. He's actually he is a free agent. So there you go. Justin Turner has played his last game. As a major, as a major leaguer, he's 35. He won an MLB. He he won a World Series. Retire. You're not going to play baseball the same way probably as you were before. Like this is basically him just saying, okay, retire. We don't we don't need you anymore. We won our mm-hmm. World Series. Goodbye. Like I I'm so I'm so freaking annoyed. And like Manfred was around him, wasn't he? I think so. He had to be. Mm-hmm. He handed out the, the, the good old hunk of metal. Yeah. Like, that's so, so stupid. Also, Justin Turner's beard is gross. I'm just looking at pictures of it. Ugh. Yeah, don't... It is not a good beard. It's gritty on steroids. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. But at least with Gritty's beard, um, it's pretty... Like, it's pretty... It's cleaner. Yeah, this one just comes down from, like, below his chin. What's funny so. is that, like, I'm on the Instagram right now. I'm on TSN that just literally uh, put out. Oh, my God. One person literally commented, imagine telling somebody with the flu they can't go celebrate after winning the World Series. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's a dad that said that. Oh, my God. That's yeah, actually... Instagram, Instagram comments are toxic. And then, and then, of course, somebody uh, commented, I mean, the Astros didn't want to follow the rules when they were stealing signs either, but their players weren't punished. Yeah. Not the same thing. Oh, God. Okay. I think this uh, is worse um, than what the Astros did. Do you want, do you want to wrap this up? Because, like, I'm, I'm, I, don't, yeah. I don't have any words anymore. You, you plug everything. I, I'm, I'm literally... It's your like, job to screw it up. Oh, I already screwed up enough. You do it. No, no, no. I want to see if you can get it right this time. 
I've gotten it right the past three times. Prove it. What do you, you watch the show back? Prove it. <laughs> I don't got that kind of time. You you edit the damn thing. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for for today. Before Matthew's head explodes. Yeah, I, I just I literally am gonna like go dump water on my head from like seeing this crap. Like I'm just. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. Like, dude, people are so stupid. <laughs> I I can't even wrap my head. We are in the end of October, which, oh, my God, I don't even want to know what's going to happen on Halloween. Oh, my God. That's going to that's gonna be really... Uh, the parents are actually going to send their kids out trick-or-treating. I rec- if, you, if you have kids, I recommend you don't. But, I mean, please do it for the love of God's sake. We do something creative. Do like trick or do like a scavenger hunt in your backyard. Pretend it's Easter. I don't know. I would do that. Every door in the house, see the kids will get candy there. They gotta knock on it. (laughs) What if they have? What if they live in like a bungalow or like an apartment? It's like okay, let's go walk in the lobby. There's still some doors. That's true, but like what? Like three maybe? What if it's like a two bedroom? That's nothing, right? There's cupboards in the kitchen. You literally turn it into an Easter egg hunt. That's literally the only justification yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, uh, this Twitter account of at Q underscore City Roundup, I got it right. Suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead and give that a look if you want. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm literally going to like soak my head right now like i'm gonna little like i'm literally gonna stand under my shower head and i'm just gonna like hit my head on the wall like after <laughs> how stupid people are like i already had enough of it last week when i had to do midterms and group work but like now now i'm gonna like literally make gonna lose it. it exactly so yeah i already did everything i want to say you you say stuff i don't know all right well yeah that's everything for today and we will see you next week yeah have a good one